Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck, not COVID-positive Thompson, with me as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know and is always here, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston, keeping the show alive. I did. I did a couple episodes by myself. They Ryan, weren't They weren't very good, but, but I did solo. them. solo. Yeah. According to the live group, it was the best of the best. I know. The creme de la creme. They're nice. I do appreciate it. But I will admit, I was uh, very stressed out at the end of last week. Mm. And, um, you know, when you get really stressed and you just can't think very well, like you can't think past that first layer, you become like your typical liberal or conservative. <laughs> you can't, can't, can't think, think past, past the, like the evil layer. Just like the very first level of thought. The, la- the layer. There's yeah. other deeper levels of thought that you can go into sometimes, which we'll try to get into some today. Is this we'll layer see. or layer? Like evil la- not, layer? Yeah, not like an evil layer, but like onions have layers. Oh, like a layers. layer. Like yeah. a la- okay. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't you, know. You're picking up what I'm putting down mm. now. All right, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. When we want to, make sure you smash that follow button and go to Locals. Go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Sign up for as little as $5 a month so you can come in here and watch us, chat with us, make fun of Chuck, do whatever it is that you want to do every day of the week when we decide to go live, which today... We don't censor no one. We don't censor. It's They can say whatever they want to demean the authority here on this podcast. They can protest. They can make funny gifts and and memes and stuff mm-hmm. about him, and that's fine. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's that's good. That's the kind of free speech you get here on this podcast it's a every daily day. Daily Chuck roast. It is. <laughs> or if you want to join up and come here and talk good about Charlie. That was my dad joke. You're like, you're like, why, why does everyone hate Charlie so much? I listen and I can't figure out why. We'll come in here and defend him as much as you possibly can good luck with that it is and i'll um, ted lasso your ass it's right? good it's good I'll come morning in with the positivity no matter how much hate i get you know it's currently 11 12 a.m central time which means for the bulk of our listeners probably because a lot of them happen to be in california and texas um it's morning in hawaii in Hawaii, that we are Hawaii's favorite morning show but this is weird going this early but we're going to do it you guys have seen on twitter I'm sure all weekend the stuff going on with Spotify and Joe Rogan. That's weird. We don't censor. Mm-mm. Everybody wants censorship right now. And we haven't been censored yet, by the way, by Spotify or Apple or any of, to our knowledge. Just YouTube and Facebook. Just definitely YouTube and Facebook. Facebook, we were demonetized from, which really sucks because we were making pretty good money there. Um, and then YouTube, are we still? Are we still we, the strike is gone, but this is oh. what they do when they put a strike on there because now I'm like, well, I really do want to have a decent YouTube channel. And so now I put up the episode on Friday and guess what I did? I, I cut out the end of the episode where I talked about Trudeau and Canada and some vaccine stuff and all that. You censored yourself. I censored myself and that's what this all creates is self-censorship if you want to be on the program the the platform then you you're going to have to censor yourself or they're going to kick you off now it's their platform and whatever they can do that okay but i'm not saying i like it all right well and this is why it's it's good to go to the alternatives so or it's good to have alternatives Mm -hmm. let's say now of course you know these alternatives are young give them a chance some of them are set up terribly 
Like Paul, all of them like, were set up terribly. Yes. <laughs> Parlor was terrible. Gab is terrible. Getters, um, Getters similar. awful. I, although I say Getters a little bit better than Parlor. What's the video one that we're putting some Rumble. stuff on? Rumble, awful on the especially the creator side. I'm not saying it's terrible on the uh, the viewer side. But. Truth Social should be coming out soon. It's probably going to be awful. <laughs> By yeah. the way, these things are. I don't know if you guys remember Facebook and stuff in its early days. It was rough. awful. Yeah. It was rough. So, but um, but we have to start going to these alternative sources that, well, we are definitely going to have to uh, move over there, I think, because I was talking about this with a friend the other day, which was so, it's so frustrating um, because we, you could say we're in the middle or whatever, but libertarian, like we're not right or left. Like, mm-hmm. We have no really like political ideology, so to speak, when it comes to being uh, extreme right or extreme left. And so it's just extremely frustrating that you can't even talk about the ideas one way or the other and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And you can't even post a video on YouTube that says the title of the video is mass formation psychosis is not real. <laughs> yeah. And they still ban you for just saying those words. And it's that's the impressive thing um, in today. And that's that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about. Um, today, especially with this first article here from uh, from Variety, yeah, this this stuff and gets in Spotify and and Joe Rogan's and uh, have you have you heard of this guy Neil Young? Kind of, yeah. I'll tell. Let me be completely I've got a personal honest. story about Neil Young. Let me tell. Let me be completely honest. I couldn't tell you a Neil Young song when I saw Neil and I saw it was an artist. My mind immediately went to Neil Diamond, and I was like, okay, well. You know, I haven't listened to Sweet Caroline in a while, but it uh, sucks. I guess I can't find it on on Spotify anymore. Ba, and then I saw ba, it was, <laughs> and I saw it was Neil Young, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. And then Joni Mitchell took her stuff off of there too. I think there was another one as well that I don't even know who that is. So uh, until we get some actual relevant artists doing this, it's not going to be that big of a deal. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, Young, I know like, Neil Young is a is a big artist. I get it. Just not on my list, I guess. What, uh, Harvest Moon, I think, was his biggest album. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't tell I you. only know a lot about Neil Young um, because I I knew his, um, I, I knew the daughter of his steel guitar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How well? Really well. Okay. She's my ex-mother-in-law. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So... My ex-mother-in-law, um, it, it was the daughter of a guy by the name of Ben Keith, and he was Neil Young's steel guitar player for 42 years. Gotcha. Does she still have Spotify? I think so. Okay. And they're pretty conservative. <laughs> so. <laughs> so this is an annoying thing I saw all over, and we'll be talking about the whole controversy in general. And uh, this is an annoying thing I, I kept seeing this weekend, which is how much money Spotify has lost because of Neil Young. And listen, their stock was down last week. All right. So that created this opportunity for people all over Twitter. I kept seeing it. And then I actually started seeing some articles pop up about it. This one from Variety that I saved saying things like Spotify lost more than $2 billion in market value after Neil Young pulled his music. You guys know, obviously, what's going on. But remember, these are the people who are worried about misinformation. Mm. You know, they're they're very, very worried about the truth, but they are more than more than willing to spread as much misinformation as they want. 
Listen, as long as it fits their narrative. Was, yes. And, and their narrative is the truth. And so it's technically not misinformation, I guess, is what's going on. Yeah. So it's um, it's really weird how Neil Young shaved $6 trillion off of the stock market last week, by the yeah. way. I don't know how he did that. But somehow the global market. He's bigger than you thought. He's, yeah. See, I should have known his songs because, because Neil Young caused the global markets to lose $6 trillion last week. And so what obviously happened here was that the whole market was going down last week. And I've got some charts to show everyone. The whole market's been going down all month. Yes. It's been a bad year <laughs> so far. to start off. Yes. For anyone just holding long term or if you were like, yeah, I'm going to swing trade the, the S&P 500 for the month of January. Hopefully you were swing trading short. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Spotify's market cap fell about $2.1 billion over a three-day span this week, coming after folk rocker Neil Young yanked his songs from the audio streaming giant. That's how much that's how much value he was adding, by the way. Neil Young was worth about $2.1 billion to Spotify, mm. apparently. Shares fell 6% uh, from January 26th to 28th over the same time period. The uh, tech-heavy NASDAQ index rose 1.7%, and the Dow Jones was up 1.1%. For the sake of comparison, Netflix stock recovered a bit, up 4.9% over that three days after they fell about 25% right before that, by the way. So anyway, they're trying to make the case that Neil Young has caused Spotify stock to go down. But then they do, just to be just to be clear here, they say Spotify stock price was already on the slide, having plummeted 25% year to date as of January 25th, the day before Young's catalog was pulled off of Spotify. So they do at least mention that in there. Okay. Now, I, I wanted to pull out this. Uh, here's another thing from Occupy Democrats, by the way. Spotify breaking. They always put breaking. Occupy Democrats mm -hmm. always does. Spotify stock plummets a staggering 12% in one week as users delete their accounts en masse to protect the platform siding with anti-vaxxer. How many... <laughs> How many misinformations can you have in one single post about stopping misinformation? That's what I want to know. Is Joe Rogan an anti-vaxxer? Well, you know, they changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. Now an anti-vaxxer includes people who are against vaccine mandates. Mm. So it didn't used to. It used to be someone who was against vaccines in general. But now, as of sometime in 2020 or early 2021, they changed it to people who were against vaccine mandates also. So the stock plummets a staggering 12% in one week as users delete their accounts to protest the platform, siding with anti-vaxxer Joe Rogan against musician Neil Young. Clearly, the backlash is working. Like this if you support boycotting Spotify. So, obviously, getting behind the uh, censorship. I, we don't, talked I about, don't know if Rogan's vaccinated or not. We He's actually never said whether or not he was personally vaccinated, I don't think. Um we, uh, we talked about buying Spotify, ticker symbol SPOT, this morning, actually. They were up 12% at the time that I, or 11% at the time that I was looking at this this morning. And um, here's another one, a blue check mark. Spotify's down more than 25%. This one's going even wider. 25% since Joe Rogan ramped up his attacks of the vaccine on the platform. So it's not even since Neil Rung. Neil Young, Spotify's down 25% since Joe Rogan started talking against the vaccine. I mean, correlation is causation. That's what you learn in statistics. Exactly. Correlation equals causation. It's the same thing. At all times. And then we have their, uh, their actual stock chart right here. So let me just put this up here on the bigger screen. 
Here's what Spotify stock has been doing for the year so far. It's down a lot, a pretty good amount. If you zoom out further, they're down to about 50% since their highs. And this right here, this little, this little guy right here, here's the, what they've been doing. This little guy right here is when Neil Young did his ultimatum right here. And so this, this Neil Young ultimatum is why Spotify is down so much. If you, I'm sure you can tell by looking at it, that's clearly what's happening. And it's back up above the price. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually up since Neil Young's ultimatum. Yeah. So, but that's clearly just because Spotify is going to be adding a content advisory warning. That's right. To the, uh, to the whole thing. So that's, that's but, why their stock is up. from the live group, which you can join by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com, asked me, what does it feel like to be a vaccinated anti-vaxxer? And I got to tell you, it feels, <laughs> it feels odd. It's weird, isn't it? It is. Yeah, because I am personally vaccinated. For those of you who don't know, I, I did get the jab last year. I got two of them, the Pfizer one, the one that doesn't work at all. Um, and I, I do personally recommend uh, for those that it's safe to do so to get vaccinated. However, completely against mandates. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way. So now fact, that makes me an anti-vaxxer. Fact check. Rogan is not vaccinated. I do remember now that he said that he had an appointment to do it. Uh, got postponed, and then one of his friends had a bad reaction. He decided not to get it. Gotcha. So, sorry. I wanted to only allow the misinformation to go for about three minutes right there, and then we yeah. got to correct it. And and to Nicole's point, I will say you should consult with a medical professional. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying just go out there and get vaccinated. You should talk to your doctor and make sure it's the right choice for you. Healthcare should be between you and your doctor. You Imagine see, that. This kind of anti-vaccine information, misinformation right here is is why we can't post things on YouTube. I know. I'm against yeah. mandates and I'm vaccinated and that that by default just because I'm against mandates uh I've become an anti-vaxer and this is interesting. I I got to tell you it feels strange. Mhm. Mm it feels very strange to be in this category. So hopefully uh hopefully they ban me for my wrongdoings against society. I'm such a terrible person. Hey, everybody. I'm Hannah Cox. And I'm Brad Palumbo. We're the host of the Base Politics Network, and we want you to join us for our weekly news roundup, The Base Brief. We believe in teaching people how to think, not what to think. So if you're tired of getting your news from overtly partisan journalists, this show is for you. We have no tribe, we pull no punches, and the only team we root for is the free market and individual liberty. On top of that, we're two good friends who both work as libertarian conservative commentators, but we don't always agree. On The Base Brief, we let you in on the conversations we're already having as we work to analyze the impact of public policies, spill the industry tea, and hash out our hot takes. Plus, you'll get bonus interviews with top liberty lawmakers and influencers like Senator Rand Paul, Congresswoman Nancy Mace, and Libertarian Party vice presidential nominee Spike Cohen. Search Based Politics on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now. That's B-A-S-E-D Politics. We can't wait to catch up with you. And in the meantime, stay based. We got to take a break so I can tell you about our new sponsor, the Bound by Oath podcast. Why is it so difficult to sue police and other government officials, even when they're violating the Constitution? The Bound by Oath podcast examines legal doctrines like qualified immunity that close the courthouse doors on victims of government misconduct. Brought to you by the Institute for Justice, a nonprofit law firm that litigates police brutality, free speech, and other civil rights cases, Bound by Oath is a legal history podcast with scholars, journalists, and litigators 
that feature stories of real people fighting to hold government officials accountable for using excessive force, lying on the witness stand, for putting innocent people in prison, and much more. You can listen to Bound by Oath on any podcast app, and I can tell you right now, you're going to like it. If you like this podcast, you're going to like that one. Go find Bound by Oath on your favorite podcast app today. All right, from Rolling Stone, uh, Spotify's decision so far because it, right now we're at a we're at a uh, we're at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. Okay, because be some decisions made. The number one podcast in the world who averages what was it 11, 12 million, 11 million, 11 million yeah. downloads per episode. Obviously, a massive money maker for Spotify. They the word on the street is they did a ten year deal with Rogan, a hundred million dollars, so ten million dollars a year. They probably make. 50 to 100 million dollars a year <laughs> off Joe Rogan alone if you do the math on 11 million uh, downloads and the different type of advertisement and things that you can get from that um they probably make a lot more than what they're paying him and so they're at a, a pretty big crossroads because Rogan's kind of reached this echelon of uncancelable 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 yeah uncancelable you say that Uncancelable. Uncancelable. And I can do it with a list. But people are trying really hard. And Spotify so far has defended him. And their way to skirt around this here is they, they're going to add a content advisory warning. So parental advisory. Explicit. <laughs> Very imp- and, and this is totally going to work. I mean, you're going to see this yeah. warning. Uh, because none of us are used to seeing warnings on stuff that we read all the time now. I mean, there's... There's never any COVID-19 warnings on anything that you see. Mm. Now that they're going to put this warning on there, it's going to fix things. So from Rolling Stone, in the aftermath of Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, and Niles Lofgren. See, that's an, I'll, I'm just being 100% upfront. Lofgren? I don't never, know who that is. No, never heard of Never heard of her. <laughs> um, I'll, look, I'll look this person up. Joni Mitchell. I mean, yeah, you know, their music from Spotify, the streaming service announced plan Sunday to add a content advisory warning to any podcast that feature discussion about COVID-19 in a post on Spotify's for the record blog, Spotify CEO, Daniel Eck wrote that while there are plenty of individuals and views on Spotify that I disagree with strongly, it is important to me that we don't take on the position of being content censor. That's good for them. That's good for them. I like it. That's how it should be. Eck added that Spotify has its own platform policies that dictate what is acceptable and what is not. X post does not specifically name the Joe Rogan experience, which has protest, which was protested by over 270 medical professionals, even before Young's stance. I listened to the Dr. Robert Malone episode. He is on the board of an alliance of like, what was it? 10,000 physicians. <laughs> Uh, oh, for the uh, the early treatment of COVID, that that thing. No, it, that he's it, on? some board. This or was not, that McCullough. No, this is with uh, Doctor Malone. I can't remember what it's called, but I it's like know. ten or you're twelve. You're probably spreading misinformation. Ten right now. or twelve thousand physicians. Yeah, and that they're putting out. They're they're doing. Uh, sorry, sixteen thousand plus. It's the FCCCF, is what they're the live group is saying. F yeah, FCCC the front line doctors um 16,000 plus physicians and so but rogan was protested by over 270 medical professionals mm-hmm. 
even before Young stands and the likely catalyst for the content advisory, nor does it acknowledge the artists who have so far pulled their music off the streaming service. In the newly published... <coughs> excuse me, COVID. See, you got that COVID hanging mm-hmm. on. Yep. In the newly published platform rules, Spotify bars its contributors from, quote, content that promotes dangerous, false, or dangerous, deceptive medical information that may cause offline harm and poses a direct threat to public health. Under those guidelines, that includes, quote, asserting that AIDS, COVID-19, cancer, or other serious life-threatening diseases are a hoax or not real, encouraging the consumption of bleach products, (laughs) to cure various illnesses and diseases and promoting or suggesting that vaccines approved by local health authorities are designed to cause death, not harm death. So they're not going to let Alex Jones put a podcast up. Probably. Yeah. I would say that, but quote, based on the feedback over the last several weeks, it's become clear to me that we have an obligation to do more, to provide balance and access to widely accepted information from the medical and scientific communities guiding us through this unprecedented time. These issues are incredibly complex. We are working to add a content advisory to any podcast episode that includes a discussion about COVID-19. This advisory will direct listeners to our dedicated COVID-19 hub, a resource that provides easy access to data-driven facts that we approve of, (laughs) (laughs) up-to-date information, as shared by scientists, physicians, academics, and public health authorities around the world, as well as links to trusted sources, because guys like Peter McCullough and Dr. Robert Malone aren't scientists. No, but they're not they're not <laughs> authorities is the issue. They're not authorities uh, on this specific situation. They're academic professors too, aren't and, they? Yeah. Um it's uh it, it's listen, this is just a, an easy cop out for them. Everyone knows it's pointless. In fact, the uh, response I've seen on Twitter because I'm constantly monitoring monitoring the the Twitter machine uh, people are not going to accept this as a, a solution because basically the only solution is that they remove Joe Rogan. That is what people are looking for. And then they also say, it's really funny, I saw people saying that they were wanting to censor Rogan and then people saying this is not censorship, it's just people deleting their accounts unless they get rid of Joe Rogan. You know, it's not like they're trying to censor anyone. Now, this is really the market working in a way. Uh, they can decide whether or not they want the money from those people or they want the money from the people that listen to Joe Rogan. Now, what's really going to be the issue here is if anyone inside of the government, anyone who has any actual power or use of force comes in and does anything. So, you know, people are free to do whatever it is that they want to do. Rogan, by the way, mentioned this uh, in an Instagram video saying that he's not trying to promote misinformation. I wasn't going to go through this whole thing, but it was an okay, it was an okay video. It was kind of long. He basically reinforced the authority that Robert Malone and and Peter McCullough have by talking about what their credentials were. And then he also apologized for people's feelings. Uh, But he did say he was going to have more people on that disagreed, essentially. Now, I think he would have always done that. I think it's tough to find people on the left that will go on to a podcast like Rogan's and disagree with him the whole time. Because those people typically don't want to talk to people like that. And they don't want to have to defend their opinions for three hours. Right. So that's going to be a, t- a tough thing to do, I think. Um, so we don't, we don't really have to go into that one. What I wanted to talk about was whether or not censorship actually works. Because if you look at like what the goals of these people, what the goal is, it's really to get rid of Joe Rogan. 
Does anyone actually think that that's going to happen? You know, that he's going to be gone? Even if he's gone from Spotify, he's going to go somewhere else. You know, he'll end up making his own app. And he'll have the biggest app that there is out there yeah. with the most streamers on it. And he already gained like a billion followers on Gitter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like the, it's, there's no censorship that's going to take down Joe Rogan right now. He's got too many fans. It's not going to happen. And actually, the more they do this, the more people there are going to go listen to Joe Rogan. I mentioned, I think last, I, I, missed, I mentioned on Friday, before all this uproar, I hardly ever listened to Joe Rogan. You know, not real huge into the, I listen to one every once in a while. Now I'm on there every day looking to see who he's got on there. And it's really just because I see his name in the news all the time, so it keeps it fresh in your mind. That's the only reason I use Spotify. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. it's Publicity. Publicity, yeah. Exactly. It's been helpful for him. One recent example we have of this, this this, uh, graphic novel. Which is why Nate's been thinking about accidentally leaking his nudes. (laughs) Yeah. So the podcast can grow even more. I'm going to accidentally post my nudes to the uh, (laughs) Discord. I'm trying to send them in my my private life, you know. I'm going to accidentally post them on Discord. Maybe that'll help. Who knows? Accident. Um, so this graphic novel, Mouse, the, the sales soared after being banned by a Tennessee school board. And this is typically what you see. Uh, so it says, uh, sales of Art Spiegelman's 1980 Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel, Mouse, have soared after it was banned by a Tennessee school board, sending the book and its sequel to the top of Amazon's bestsellers list. Mouse considered the effects of the Holocaust on a family through, uh, let's see, anthrop- anthropomorphic imagery, by depicting Jewish characters as mice and Germans as cats. The McMinn County School Board claimed last week that it did not intend to diminish the value of mouse as an impactful, meaningful piece of literature, but took issue with the novel's unnecessary use of profanity and nudity and its depiction of violence and suicide. You know, maybe it's not a good book to have in school. You know, if you're running a school, is this one that you want to put in there? I don't know. I don't think that it's likely they're getting rid of this book because they want to protect the legacy of the Nazis in Germany. You know, I could be. I don't know. Maybe that's why they want to do it. I don't know, but it's prob- probably they found to be slightly inappropriate. But my thing is, why do you have to ban it? Just don't have it at the school. Well, they they but- want to also stop other teachers and people from bringing it in. I am... There's already rules against showing nudity and stuff like that in schools. I mean, in general, I can't show a porn in sex ed. (laughs) Like, this is how it works, mm -hmm. folks. You know, education. I'm doing education. Yeah, you probably get in trouble for that. Exactly. Probably because it's banned. (laughs) Listen, I'm not saying we should ban books. Um, My my mom's been a teacher for a long time, and I remember some books that uh, that we read. Uh, eventually getting banned, by the way. I remember reading Animal Farm when I was in my mom's English class, and that later got banned. And it wasn't because... Maybe it was because of the the uh, the actual message of the book, but it's a pretty conservative school district and a pretty conservative part of Illinois. They were upset about all the language use in it, and it also depicted a uh, sex scene between the animals in the book. So they So they got rid of it, okay? I thought that was kind of ridiculous at the time. We ain't nothing but mammals. (laughs) So Mouse... Discovery Channel. By the way, this is how this works. Mouse was number 12 on Amazon as of Friday evening and was not available for delivery until mid-February. The Complete Mouse, which includes a second volume, was number 9 and out of stock. Neither book was in the top 1,000 a week ago. (laughs) It's amazing. And now the two versions of it are number 9 and 12 on Amazon. They're sold out. 
So this is what happens when you... Now, they might still keep the book out of their school, but if they actually had a problem with the book, then they did not solve whatever the problem was they were trying to solve. Actually, way more people are going to have it now than did beforehand. Yeah. That's typically what you see with, uh, with censorship. You, you, end, you end up just drawing more people to whatever that... And you, you solidify the... You end up... Like, if you censor Joe Rogan, just like when, you, when people censored Alec Jones... You end up solidifying that person's followers' beliefs. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna change after that. You know, you just you just proved everything that Alex Jones said this whole time correct. And actually, that's how correct he was. That that was so dangerous that he had to be shut down. And the same they thing become, would happen with Rogan. They become more ardent supporters. Yeah, you know, they dig their heels in a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Because Jones and all these people talked about, like, you know, they're going to ban me, they're going to do this. And then a lot of people were like, no, it never happened. And they did. And he's like, see, I was right. Wake up! I was right! (laughs) I bet all the people in the offices over here just love it when we're doing episodes. For sure. You get so nervous about that. Well, I like to treat people how, how I would want them to, to treat do, me. How you know? else am I supposed to do an Alex Jones impression? I don't know. There's no other way to do There's it. No other way to do it. <laughs> um, so that I wanted to talk. I, about, the dark paper. <laughs> I wanted to talk about why they want to censor Rogan. Like, why is this such a big deal? Because the uh, the obvious excuse is that he's killing people. Like it's it's just going to kill people if you end up talking them out of getting vaccinated, yeah. then they're going to die. And which, well, that's what my gun shoots bullets of misinformation. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, and people end up dying for sure. But what's weird is the um, the Peter McCullough interview was on December thirteenth of two thousand twenty one, and the Robert Malone interview was on December thirty first of two thousand twenty one. I feel like there were a lot of people that were vaccine skeptical or against vaccine mandates. Before a month ago, you know, I don't I don't know if like all of a sudden people are not getting the vaccine and they're dying because of this Robert Malone interview that happened a month ago on Rogan's podcast. Not even a month. Well, yeah. I guess a month. Well, it's today. a month today and yeah. uh, and about six weeks ago for uh, for the Peter McCullough interview. Like people have already made up their minds before that what they were going to do. You have plenty of time to get the vaccines and boosters by then if that's what you were going to do. And so it's not as if those interviews led to a, tons of people not getting their vaccines. I'm sure it led to some. I'm sure. Do you think it's possible that some people ended up dying as a result uh, of what they heard on Rogan's podcast? I, I mean, I don't ever rule anything out. I think yeah, statistically it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably true for a lot of other things he's had on the podcast before, by the way. Different uh, supplements and medications and uh, workout Promoting MMA. Styles. Stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Fighting. Um, diets and stuff. You know, maybe someone did it and ended up, you know, throwing a clot or something like that. There's all there's all sorts of ways that people can die from information they pick up. But this is apparently the worst possible thing that can happen. Since Hitler. And it, obviously, since Hitler. But what's weird is now we're, we're even in this time now that since the Peter McCullough and the Robert Malone interviews, we've gone to Omicron now where we've got the info showing that, you know, the, the vaccine's not stopping people from getting or spreading Omicron. Some, but not even as much as, COVID, what do they call it now, post-COVID immunity? Not even as much as that, more than likely. According to a couple of recent studies with Delta, I would assume the same thing's probably going to carry over to Omicron as well. 
And and so I'm trying to figure out what misinformation that's killing people they're trying to stop. Like it's it's the vaccines aren't even working other than stopping some people from going to the hospital and dying. But at that point, you're making a personal decision. And so now we're saying that people shouldn't be able to make their own personal decisions based off of information that they find out there somewhere. I will say, I guess personally, it's influenced me a little bit listening to those episodes. I mean, I I say I was on the fence, but I was leaning already towards not getting my son vaccinated because I've known for a long time and the data conveys that it's not that dangerous for kids to have COVID um, and we don't know what the effects of them having COVID are. We don't know what the effect, the long-term effects of them having the vaccine is either. But after listening to those interviews, it did spark my interest to dig a little bit deeper on the data um, and lean more towards them than like 90, 95% sure I'm not going to get Parker vaccinated. That's, so, my, that's my kid. So Joe Rogan and killed was, Parker. What you're saying. And so if he gets if he gets COVID and dies from it, then obviously it's Rogan's fault. I got you. Because I may I may I'm trying to make an informed decision as a parent. Mm, that's and a problem. You're not just listening to the authorities. I know. I know. Yeah. That's that's the biggest problem here. You guys are hearing it play out live mm-hmm. of how I am anti vaccine, anti authority, because I'm gonna let my five year old die of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, you know, I don't know why that's so funny, but and it was the way you said it. Even even right now, even right now, I'm still not sure. Um, and uh, interesting, I was talking to someone who's pretty pro-vaccine, like really pro-vaccine, like mandates and everything. And they asked if I was going to get Parker vaccinated. And my answer was, I don't know. I said, I don't know. They took that as no. Mm-hmm. And they were so mad. Like they went off the rails mad at me because I said, I don't know. Like I wasn't sure. Yeah, you're t- yet. You you that, can't even question that right there. Not being sure whether or not you're going to get your children vaccinated right off the bat is just boom. You're an outcast. Mm-hmm. You're an outlaw. You're an anti-vaxer. You, I mean, people putting up X's, holding crosses up to my face. <laughs> it was it was interesting, and I'm like, I don't see. This is why I think we talked about this being a religion. People are so grasped. By this thing, I don't. There might be a term for it. I don't know what it's called, but they're so, <laughs> they're so like a large amount of people. Like a large amount of people. Yeah, yeah. they're all together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're so mm-hmm. like inside of this, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's what kinda, you call it. It's kind of crazy. Yes, kind of crazy. That if if you say the words, I'm not sure, or I don't know. Then, yeah, boom. I mean, there you are. You're put you in a box. You're not safe to talk to or be with. We don't want it. We don't want to have anything to do with you. You're not sure. You don't. You're not sure about what the scientists have told of what science has told you to do. (laughs) How could you defy science orders? Science's orders. You know, when we talk about science, like this is why it's such a religion. It is. It's you're defying Christ. You're. Your ability to adhere to the COVID morality is like being a Christian. It's like adhering to morality itself, and it's like following the Ten Commandments and following Christ. Only you're following science is what you're, and whatever science is. Like that is the test. That is the test of morality. Either you follow this morality, or you're a sinner who's going to go to hell. 
It really is a religion. And I don't know how so many people are suffering from this uh, this thing. But speaking of the thing, what just, is that? I mean, we don't we don't know what the term is for that. No one's come up with one yet. And this has been really weird because I what, heard something about MFP, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what that is. Sounds like something to do with manufacturing, probably. <laughs> what I've but uh, <laughs> what I've noticed a lot because I'm on Twitter watching the trends all the time. And what people have really come out against is what Robert Malone said on the podcast, which is that people were suffering from mass formation psychosis. What is that? I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just these words that he said. I'm not Mm. really sure. But that's been the thing that people have really come out against. Not even so much all the medicine behind everything that he said. Because a lot of the medicine he said is backed up by a pretty good amount of data and different studies and stuff. Of course, people pick and choose their studies. For, for whatever they want to show. Um, but this mass formation psychosis thing was the thing that really got people going. I mean, this is why we got suspended from Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was from mentioning mass formation psychosis. YouTube. YouTube, sorry. We've never been suspended from Twitter, have we? No. How about that? Let's work, let's work on that. Man, we <laughs> fail. Come on. Work harder. <laughs> Obviously, we're not doing a good enough job. But this is what they've been upset about. And it's so weird to me that uh, other than all of the science and the data and the studies... The most offensive thing to people has been telling them that they might be suffering from some form of psychosis and that the, the authorities that they're following, the credible leaders that they're following are actually just lying and that they're actually suffering from some type of a, a mental problem that's going on right now. That's been the main thing. It's like going up to a crazy person and telling them that they're crazy. It's like the most offensive thing you could do. Like, I'm it's not very, crazy. Yeah. Joe says know? in the live group here, he says people don't like to be tricked. It's very true. People don't like to admit that they've been manipulated or gaslit or any type. Like, they don't want to, because then it's a detriment to themselves. They look at themselves like, okay, how could I be such a fool mm-hmm. that I would follow something like this? Like, how, how could I allow that to happen? And then you're really hard on yourself. And so you become very defensive against things like that. Uh, you become very defensive of of thinking that you could be manipulated or tricked uh, into believing something that wasn't actually true. And so, you know, one of the things they talk about even relationships of like why it's so hard to leave an abuser, um, that's part of it. Like you don't want to, it, it's very hard for the victim to to look at the situation. And there are other factors, yes, but it's very hard for the victim to look at the situation and say, um, oh, I was manipulated or I was tricked or I like I was duped into believing this person was, some, you know, something else. Well, you end up having to admit are. that you're wrong. Right. And you have to admit that your reality is not real. And that can be very difficult for people to pull them back out of that. And it's easier just to not admit that you're wrong and to fight for whatever the reality is that's around you. And that's really what people are doing. They're, they believe that so much or they're so entrenched in that idea that the reality is real and that everyone else is crazy that they actually want to remove people who are saying things that go against whatever their reality is. They have to get it out of there. And once you remove that, then they can go right back on to feeling like mm-hmm. they're not crazy. Everything's fine. And, and that they're right about everything because they've already donated to FC of LDS <laughs> Fauci Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. They've already put their money where their mouth was with, with that. And so they don't want to, retract and and say that you know i no longer am they're like scientologists really of fc of lds that's what they are yeah 
So this is a this is just Scientology. It's taking it's, over people. Yeah, this is theology, folks. All right. Um, let's last uh, story before we got to wrap up here, Nate. Yeah. Um, I broke this story to you. I couldn't believe you didn't hear about this. <laughs> uh, I wonder where you've been. I'm I like, know. Hey, you must have been in Chattanooga or something lost yeah. mm -hmm. about what's going on north of the border. Okay. Yeah. What's going on up there in Maple Land, Maple Sugar Land? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So tell the folks, tell the fine folks. Well, there is a trucker this. protest. A fringe minority of truckers is uh, coming across uh, coming across Canada. Small they've, group. They've small very, fringe, loud group. Very small amount of people have made it to Ottawa. By the way, Justin Trudeau skipped town. He's out of there. And it came out this morning because he was getting a lot of crap for leaving. You know, you think about your leader and someone storming the fort and the leader like goes out the tunnel and, and leaves. Yeah, you know, right. it's not a great image, yeah. you know, but it came out it's today. Kim Jong-un like. Came out today, he tested positive for COVID and that's why he left because he doesn't want to expose anyone else to COVID. We need the receipts. Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I need, see to see the, I need to see a video of him taking the <laughs> test and it coming up positive. <laughs> exactly. For sure. Um, and so... It, they just have a room of people thinking of shit. Like, oh, what can we say for him leaving? He's yeah. positive for COVID. Everybody Honestly, believe that. Like, oh, of course he left. Thoughts and prayers, Trudeau. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got long black face. That's what it is. That's the problem <laughs> he's going through. Truckers and protesters showed up in huge numbers as the Freedom Convoy descended onto Ottawa, Ontario. Truckers were protesting an order, by the way, that went into effect on January 15th, requiring unvaccinated Canadian truckers re-entering the country from the U.S. to get tested for COVID-19 and quarantine themselves. There's reportedly a convoy of up to 50,000 Canadian truck drivers who traveled to Canada's capital to protest the vaccine mandates. And uh, we'll talk about this and a couple other things, but a large portion of the drivers are already vaccinated. These actually seem to be a large group of people who are against vaccine mandates. The mandates are pretty ridiculous, like having to wear a mask in your truck, or if you're unvaccinated, having to test and quarantine to come back in. If you're vaccinated, remember, you can't have COVID or spread it to other people if you're vaccinated. So you can just roll right on through. That's no problem. But if you're unvaccinated, we'll see that's dangerous for other people. And that's where this whole narrative has really been falling apart. And it's very unfortunate for all these people that the vaccine does not protect you from getting Omicron or spreading it to other people. It's very unfortunate because these mandates are designed to protect others. If there is no way that you're protecting others, then they can't really develop a, a crappy rationale for doing the mandates. It's got to be to protect, just like with the mask. Oh, the mask doesn't protect the wearer. It protects other people. So therefore, we can make you wear a mask. The vaccine, you know, it protects you and it protects others from getting it. So we can make sure that you get the vaccine. Because you don't have so a right to harm others. Yeah. And yeah. you don't have the right to get other people sick. People have a right to go in public and not get sick. Apparently, and yeah. uh, and so that's the way they can do that. Well, now. I told the virus that, but. and unfortunately for these people, uh, the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it or spreading it. Uh, not even as much as having COVID beforehand. Does it stop you some? Sure, but uh, not enough that we should be doing these mandates, especially if you're not going to recognize post-COVID immunity or things like that. And especially if you're unvaccinated, you're going to have to quarantine, but you're not going to test or quarantine people who are vaccinated when they could also have it and also be spreading it. The stuff just isn't making any sense anymore. I got a couple videos, by the way, what this is looking like at the moment. Also, I just want to make a comment about the fringe. Yeah. Like they, they set up a GoFundMe, which has raised over $5 million. There's over a million people that support this. And Canada has a population of what, 35 million people? Mm -hmm. I would say one out of 35 is not very fringe. 
No. At all. It's not very small. No. So. And normally a fringe group, you know, I mean, he fled the Capitol pretty quickly. So that's, he's worried about the it fringe. It says in this article that he left due to, to security reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I guess it's because he tested positive for COVID. So. So real quick video here. This is what it's looking like. That looks mostly peaceful to me. Yeah. Nothing on fire at the moment. So there's a lot of people out there, basically. Is the fringe? Uh, That's the fringe group. Yeah. What you saw was a fringe group of people. Yeah, and of course, what here's an interesting little tidbit of information: the mainstream media, or the left media, we'll just call them that, has not been covering this stuff hardly at all. By the way, uh, here's the front page on MSNBC. Nothing, by the way. I, I searched trucker convoy on MSNBC. No news stories about it at all. With uh, with all this going on, CNN's front page, uh, Trump's outburst, talking about that. A whole side here dedicated to Trump in January 6th still. Uh, all this different stuff. Jim Acosta, let's see, Russian TV host. Um, let's see, this man came up with the most credible explanation for the biggest mass extinction. I searched the convoy on, um, I searched the convoy on CNN also, and I found one article on CNN about this whole convoy. Uh, which is multiple criminal investigations underway for desecration of Canadian monuments after protests against COVID-19 mandates. That's the only thing they've done covering the story Mm -hmm. is talking about multiple criminal investigations underway. So there's an obvious bit of censorship and uh, maybe not misinformation. Well, think about these crazy mm right-wingers, okay? This is all happening in the month of January, just like it did last year. We got Jan 6, now we have Jan 30. These, they're... Doing this on purpose. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the same time every year they're gathering together where they can meet with their cohorts and and take to the streets with their fascism. Mm-hmm. That's it's, all. And mm-hmm. seen plenty of stuff about that, by the way, because they're, if you read any of the other leftist news outlets, these protests are just filled with Nazi flag waving, crazy right wing extremists. Anti-vaxxers, of course, even though almost every one of these people is vaccinated, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, and, of course, that's what they got to do. There's a little, a little bit of, yeah, omission, I think, is the best thing, like what Joe said. And uh, be on the lookout for anyone named Ray Epps if he's out there in the crowd. Don't listen to anything he says. Yeah. Don't do it. Okay? Stay outside of Parliament. Don't go in. Mm-hmm. All right? We don't, we don't want another thing, Okay. So anyway, that's what they're talking about is this uh, all these criminal investigations. Now, they desecrated some war memorials, stuff like that, trampling on the tomb of the unknown and all that. Now, I don't I don't know exactly how I feel about that, you know. Um, and by the way, the Canadian general uh, chief of defense, General Wayne Iyer, says uh, generations of Canadians have fought and died for our rights, including free speech, but not this. Those involved should hang their heads in shame. They fought for free speech, but not this. Not this kind of free yeah. speech. <laughs> Joe said Canada has war memorials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure they've got their own tales of war heroes. They've been in the, they've been in the war, yeah, probably. One and I'm two, sure they I did think. something. Yeah. 
we don't get told that because mm-hmm. of our nationalist propaganda that we grow up with. Exactly. You know, it was only the U.S. that did anything. Mm-hmm. You know, U.S. Um, is the only one. Tell me about the real quick. Uh, this this article from the Washington Post is ridiculous. Yeah, that was the main thing. So there's an opinion piece, an op-ed in the in the Washington Post titled "Canada Must Confront the Toxic Freedom Convoy Head On." Mm-hmm. I see what they did. Let's there. see. The first one isn't super important. First paragraph, since we're so, low on time. Those taking part are on, are on their way, ostensibly to protect uh, protest pan- pandemic measures, including vaccine mandates for truckers. But that's just the tip of the spear, not the iceberg. Spear. <laughs> the leadership of the group is promising to remain peaceful, but the convoy is made up of many individuals and far right groups that have embraced the convoy as a Canadian version of the Jan 6 rioting in the United States. <laughs> the movement shares an affinity with Trumpist, toxic, authoritarianist polit- politics. Yep. Protesting against government mandates. Yeah, that makes you an authoritarian. That's authoritarian. Mm-hmm. This, this is wild to me. Time and time again, we learn the lesson, or at least come across it, that teaches us that the rage-soaked anti-government types... Who are authoritarian. Authoritarian, anti-government yeah. types. Mm-hmm. Can't be reasoned with. This time around, the convoy has produced an incoherent memorandum of understanding, premised upon a misunderstanding of government and absurd demands. Of course, the memo should be ignored. It's the product of a temper tantrum, but doing nothing is a risky, suboptimal strategy. So it continues on here. They, they call them a fringe group. They're extremists. They're fascists. This last they're, couple of paragraphs here, I think if you see me highlighting that, that's a good, good place. To okay, so these types of groups are typically driven by attitudes, grievances, and priorities of such a nature that they pose a particular risk to ra- uh, radicalized folks and other groups that are traditionally the target of hate and violence. I'd call the convoy a canary in a coal mine, but the bird is long dead. For instance, we've known for some time that online right-wing extremism is on the rise in Canada as hate crimes continue to grow. And see, this is all you have to do, folks. Mm -hmm. You just paint them as an evil, evil box that you can put them in and you don't have to talk about them. You don't have to understand why they're protesting or anything like that. It's like we we can ignore you because we've labeled you a right-wing extremist because you're using the word freedom. It's the next paragraph that was so good. The convoy speaks of threats to liberty. It would be close to something if the participants weren't so far off. Threats to liberty are rampant in Canada, not because of vaccine mandates. Rather, it is income and wealth inequality, (laughs) worker exploitation, gendered, religious, radicalized, and other forms of hate violence, ongoing settler colonialism, and other forms of structural marginalization and oppression that can compromise liberty. Same as it ever was. The Freedom Convoy is a regrettable movement that offers a reminder that open societies will produce protest movements, as they should. However, when those movements are toxic, because we decide they are, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they must be denounced and resisted. In their place, we should adapt a politics of liberation that takes up more space and offers solutions to structural problems by remaking our institutions to ensure that they are fully inclusive Fully inclusive, except for these guys, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. both morally and just as importantly, materially. So the real threat to Canadians is that we don't is that they don't have enough socialism. Basically, that's That's the issue. That's the real threat. I found a quote from um, George Orwell in 1984 in doing some research about this. 
which I thought was pretty cool. It says, uh, which I had to look up, mm. by the way, because I didn't know what this word meant initially. But uh, he wrote in 1984, he said, if there is hope, it lies in the proles. And what is a prole, might you ask? Well, that is a term for the working class people. Mm. So I, I think this is interesting that you have probably a, the you know largest, it is the largest group of blue collar workers, truck drivers, yeah. that are now coming together and um, not standing for these types of things. And so there we go. I find that to be, I find that to be pretty cool. It's noon o'clock. You got to go. I do have to go. I I just, this type of thing gives me hope, you know, in a world of darkness and despair and authoritarian governments, uh, eventually I think people have enough and uh, hopefully these types of things can lead to, um, can, they can lead to things where we can stay out of a civil war before freedom comes about and maybe so. hold back a little bit of the actual authoritarianism when people do actually speak up it would be nice to see a protest movement like this in the u.s uh, sometime i guess i would join it if people were doing that well uh, the supreme uh, court ruled against mandates for yeah that's right like so they're taking away so. a lot of mandates yeah. so i guess we don't always get the same protest they get in other countries where they do go through with the crazy mandates so Anyhow, it is it is a little bit of a white pill seeing this many people go and protest there. I hope nothing bad happens. I love you all. Listen to everything Nate tells you to do, and I will catch you on the flip side. Latest on the binge. All right. If you, by the way, what Charlie was alluding to is me telling you to go to your favorite podcast app, which is probably what you're on right now. Hit follow, hit subscribe, whatever the button is. Leave a rating and review on Spotify. And Apple Podcasts, if you like us, don't do it if you don't like us. Or if you don't like us, uh, still leave us a good one. Those are your options as far as that goes. Go to all the social media pages and YouTube and all that stuff and make sure you follow so you can see our content every single day of the week when we want to tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children that this is the podcast they got to listen to all the time because we don't spread no misinformations, okay? If you do all of that, We'll be right back again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.